the new Parkway Theater, where good food, diverse entertainment, and community create a place for everyone. For showtimes and special events, check out www.thenewparkway.com. You are listening to High School of Five and where real talk is our vernacular. In uh, other news, Aaron Rodgers was a. Right. You're watching get get rich schemes over here on the no, 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 that's me. Pedro's checking his blood sugar right now. Exactly. Oh, that was is it, your blood sugar meter has a British uh, Australian accent. No, it has a white accent. What's <laughs> <laughs> so, the it's, uh, it's the only way he gonna listen Pedro. to it. It's yeah. the only way he gonna listen to it. <laughs> Pedro's getting ready to move to South Africa. He's got it in the fucking Afrikaans accent. Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> They called it the worst referee game of the 2023 season. It was pretty bad. But still not the reason the Rams lost. The Rams lost because they can't score in the red zone. You know, you know, it's the most fun. The the most fun on the internet is when the Cowboys lose to the playoffs. Like, I don't think you realize. <laughs> well, I, I can only imagine, Brandon, because I was up at the cabin with Jared. So we we, you know, even though we have uh we have internet. Like I, yeah. I wasn't getting all the texts and until 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 I left out of the cabin, then it just started pouring in. Yeah, I was getting the texts. Yeah, somehow terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was even getting the group text. Usually we don't I don't get the group text because you and Pedro got weird. Yeah, phones. you and Pedro don't have iPhones, so it won't come through. The group text but, won't but come through. Yours were coming through yesterday, so I was able to respond in real time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know you're getting bombarded, but I had some other Cowboys hater fans that I need to uh Share share some lovely messages for. And you see, uh, you see the high score five one zero Instagram page is full of great Cowboys content from yesterday. <laughs> that was my way. That was my way of processing getting through the stages of grief before the game ended. Brent, I was by the middle of the fourth quarter. I'd already had already gone resolved all that, uh, you know, anger and disappointment and frustration. So. Oh yeah, no. I was like, man, we got these, I got these I got the girls this week by myself. So I'm like I get dinner ready. I'm like, all right, we have dinner a little bit early. We're turn this football game. We're gonna, you know, y'all's gonna we're gonna have the football game on in the house. And I turn on the game, I was like, dude, this the hell's happening here. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh man, I'll just pick it up when it starts getting important. And then all of a sudden, wait, no, it's not important no more. <laughs> was there any part of the game that was important? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once that pick six was thrown, it was like, oh, this game is pretty much yeah, it's gonna take a miracle comeback. And I was like, if they can start doing things to make the miracle happen, I'll keep watching it. Once I was, every time they had a chance, it was like, nope. It was bad. No, man, they, yeah, they they just couldn't stop the run, man. That was that it wasn't was even no, it wasn't even where it started at. It wasn't the run because it was they couldn't stop <laughs> anything. It wasn't just the run. The run the run made it to where it's like, oh man, like they got a big enough lead where they might just run the ball and you can get some three and outs on them if you can play the run well. And they're like, nah, we're just gonna go down the field and like five plays and score another touchdown. <laughs> Uh, man, yeah, we'll get to the Cowboys in a little bit. It's a, it's a, it's a, a stain on 
on the history of the Dallas Cowboys as a franchise. But, like January 6th, when it happened, was I surprised? No. Not really. Uh, I mean, it's... You can't say you weren't surprised. I feel like... No, I wasn't really surprised. I I Honestly, to be honest, I was not surprised. Uh, We can get to that. We can get to that later once we get into the meat and bits of it, but I wasn't surprised. Honestly... You know, the one thing that I'll say for now is, you know, there was a lot of, you know, I listened to my little Cowboys podcast. A couple of them had people calling and everyone's like, no, I feel good about this. this is our year. Everyone just like kind of just being like, oh, no, we good. We good. And I was like, I'm glad everyone's so optimistic. But like, have we not learned as a Cowboys fan base? <laughs> they're talking about we're good after the game? No, they're like, no, before the game, they're leading up to this game, they were all like, no, we got this is our year, or I'm not worried about Green Bay. We got to stay focused on them and, you know, get through them. But, like, we, we better than them, this, that, and the other. And I was just like, dude, I was like, man. I was like, I appreciate the sentiment, but also, like, I've learned as a fan of the Cowboys, you can never get too comfortable with how good your team is because over the last 27 years, they've learned – that they are not good enough over and over and uh, how they say it, Marshawn? That's when it just clicked in my mind that if you just run through somebody's face, a lot of people ain't going to be able to take that over and 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 over again. Think there's a deeper metaphor there? Run through a motherfucker face. Cowboys get motherfucking running through their face it feels like every time they have a chance where you think they can be good whether it was the the 2011 team or whatever 13 and 3 whatever the year that was you know that was back's rookie year though jared no no no. i'm talking about the team with romo and they had oh, they romo had all a bunch of all pros a bunch of pro bowlers was that romo and demarco murray no that was before demarco murray that was still excuse me that was still uh mary and the barbarian i believe May he rest in peace. R.I.P. That brother. I think he was still on the team. That that team had they were they were good. Thirteen three, number one seed, and they lost to the Giants, who went on to win the Super Bowl. But it's to be expected. You cannot go like you can go in there. If, you know, want to be positive, but you cannot go into any playoff game as a Cowboy fan and think that they are going to beat that team resoundingly. You know, what I'm saying like that's not that's not what they do, and uh, it's not what they did yesterday. They get blown out more than they ever blow out anybody in the playoffs. It's not like they, like last year against Tampa, they, that was their one game where they looked great. But otherwise, they've gotten blown out more in playoff games than than I've seen them ever blow anybody else out. Other than so that, got, those, those first two Super Bowls against the Bills, which were, you know, but that was a whole other pedigree of team and mindset. Who should feel worse right now, Jerry, me or you? Uh, me, by far. Why you? The Rams <laughs> lost too yesterday. Yeah, but, you know, the Rams were playing a good team. The Rams were not at home. The Rams were not the number two seed. Yeah, and, this was supposed to be a rebuilding year for the Rams, too. Yeah, and I, and, and y'all y'all made it and were competitive and, and could have potentially won that game as a team that didn't have great aspirations and you didn't know your head coach was coming back, if he was fully bought in. You got Stafford's aging, Aaron Donald's aging. You're rebuilding your defense. You're rebuilding parts of your offense. And you had a, you know, it was, it was good to see that they, that as a Rams fan, you got to feel, you know, feel a little more invigorated that the you know, future prospects are competing in the NFC West moving forward. But 
you know, uh, for a team as the Cowboys finishing 12 and five, two years in a row, you know, seeming to not be able to get around the 49ers and this year lining up to where they had a home field advantage to, to the point where the only time they wouldn't play at home is if they're going to, if the Niners make it and they make it, you know, then you go on the road and you got a third time's a charm maybe, but it, this team proved it was lacking throughout the season, which is something that we'll get to. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really liking the, the, the analytical side of you right now, Jared, and the, the, the reasonable that you come up with. <laughs> I'm always reasonable with the Cowboys. I mean, I, I would like to have you say the same energy and the same open-mindedness and the same rationality when Brandon brings up Draymond Green. Man, I do. Be. I do have the same rationale. You're not even close. <laughs> not even close. But the problem, the problem is, the, right now, it's rational. It's rational if you're in love with him. I'm gonna double down. <laughs> I'm gonna double down. Draymond, Draymond Green is my spirit animal. Uh, but no, but it's my spirit I'm, animal is a goddamn fiend, a dragon, Jared, and then my second one is a phoenix. Come on, and they don't <laughs> exist. At least I know they don't exist. Uh, at least I know Draymond Green exists. Um, my thing is, yeah, but not uh, as a great basketball player. If the Cowboys had more players with a mindset like Draymond Green, they would have won yesterday. They might have beat the Niners last year. They don't have enough motherfuckers who are willing to fight their own teammates. I tell you, you get a team full now. Now these fools can't be punching themselves in the face all the time. But you got some dogs on there that are like, I will sock you up if you're not in this mindset that's going to be best for the team. Then shit, let's get more of those players. There's guys on this team that don't got that dog in them. Like if you're gonna punch your own teammate in the face, then I know you're gonna punch somebody else in the face when you get on that field. When you get to your opponents, you definitely gonna be willing to punch them in the face. But the yeah, Cowboys don't. The Cowboys, I, it's not about deserving it. It's about when you get on that field, do you have the dog in you? Do you have the dog in you? See what I mean, Brandon? Rationality. Gone. It's there with the Cowboys, which I don't understand. But gone when it comes to Draymond Green. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, if the Cowboys had more players like Draymond Green, if they had a couple dudes who who control the locker room and control the tempo, like, like Trent Williams. They got a dog! Debo Samuel. Those two dudes go out there and they, 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 they have a dog mentality and they play with a dog mentality and they got talent to back it up in what they do. A dog! And how, that's how they go out there and play. Like when Debo Samuel got lit up and didn't go down on that play against the, uh, the Ravens uh, Christmas night. They were playing, right? They were getting blown out already. He caught a ball, got set up, turned, and got lit up. And the dude bounced off him, hit him hella hard, and he gathered himself and then turned it into a positive play. I was like, that's the kind of mentality. I was like, the one thing I got out of that play was like, damn, Debo, Debo's still playing. He, he on that field and he's still playing. He knows they're losing and he knows it's probably not going, there's probably no chance they're going to win this game. But he's out here playing. He's out here taking hits and not giving up on the play, not going down easy. Now that can, you know, lead to injuries potentially down the road. But we'll Debo we'll has see. enough dog in him, is stout enough of a player to where he's been able to, you know, maintain and be, you know, be relatively healthy throughout his career so far. But also he got dog in him. And that kind of mentality is what the Cowboys do not have. And a big part of that leads goes points at the leadership. Um but uh, yeah, I said the only way the Cowboys have to consider firing Mike McCarthy is if they get out here and get it blown out. And now it's like, man, all bets are off, man. You come out and come out that flat and not ready to go at home in a playoff game against the number seven seed. You know what I'm saying? A team that argue, that wouldn't have been in the playoffs as of a couple of years ago before the NFL changes the rule. You're going to lose to that team and get blown out and not even ever have a real puncher's chance throughout the game. Bitches running wild, man. Yeah, man. Some shit might need to change.
But they keep changing, man. Last year, the big change was, hey, let's fire Kellen Moore. Everything be better. I think the team got better. And the, the, the question you have that remains for whether or not you fire McCarthy is, is Dak Prescott playing? Was he playing his best football? Was he growing as a quarterback? And that playoff game showed that he reverted back to something that is, you know, I don't even, that wasn't even rookie year Dak that we saw yesterday. Yeah, but was all of that Dak's fault, Jared? A lot of it was Dak's fault. He threw a pick six and interception inside the red zone and basically gave them two. That's 14 points. What what about 14 points? 14 of 14 of like the almost 50 points they gave up. Yeah. No, no. If the defense (laughs) wasn't able to stop them yesterday, but Dak was playing at his peak or playing at a high level, the MVP people consider he's the MVP candidate. I'm like, pump the brakes. Like, yeah, he's had a good year statistically relative to other quarterbacks, but he hasn't been so dominant, especially against good teams, to where I would say, yeah, he's MVP. He didn't prove it in the year. You look at the teams he struggled against and played bad football against, you look at, well, he had a bad stinker against Arizona. That was kind of an anomaly. But then you look at Miami and Buffalo, late game, uh, late season games, Coming off some of his best games, going to face two teams that are playoff teams, that are good teams, that are not no pushover, and have strengths that are going to make you say, hey, whether they're going to challenge you defensively or offensively, they're going to score, so you got to maintain, you keep a pace, and don't waste drives. Dak did not prove that he could do that. That's the issue. But but here's the it's it's a group number one it's a group effort number two you can't pick out single games that's why like you like got to rate it's not single over, games over, over, over the course of the season and Dak played really well. All season, he played um, really well all season except for a couple games. And and you got if you look more deep analytics, play, more deep analytics of the games where he played poorly and did not look good. Other than the first four games, they were kind of getting to speed. After the first four games, they really took off for that stretch until they got to Miami and Buffalo. Their fifteenth and sixteenth game of the or fourteenth uh, and fifteenth game of the season. They had two games after that, but they played two teams that had playoff aspirations, that have playoff experience, or a little bit of both, right? So you play these two teams, and what do you do this late in the season when everything should be clicking? When everyone, you know, you should be starting to play your best football. You throw out stinkers. You throw out an inability to beat teams that are good. And that's been an issue. They Cowboys were really good at beating the mediocre teams and the bad teams. That's a good sign that, hey, your team is showing they're a level above. But how much a level above are you than these teams? And if things aren't going your way, that level above becomes, oh, you're just as bad as these other teams. You know what I'm saying? Like the Cowboys, they were like, Cowboys leading the scoring and, you know, in the league, they had the highest scoring team in the league at home. With the 37 points a game. I'm like, and the, the defense was scoring a touchdown or getting interceptions and leading to field goals or touchdowns like for at least 13 of those points. So really, 37, let's not misquote it. Let's look deeper into the numbers. They were getting points off turnovers because their D was playing well. But D's not playing well. Offense, inefficient at best, and then turns the ball over and leads to 14 direct points in the first half. That's how you lose at home. That's how you lose a playoff game. So, yes, it's not all on deck. But as the team goes, and as we know, the quarterback gets the the glory, and they also get the ridicule. Dak earned this ridicule. Dak earned this. He did not play well yesterday. He didn't play well. No, he did not have a good first quarter. He didn't have a great second quarter either. He didn't have a good first quarter. Like, dude, like, I don't know. Nobody was going to beat that team yesterday, the way they were playing. No, 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 no. Anybody could have beat the Cowboys yesterday the way they were playing. 
And here's the other thing. If you've ever learned anything as a Cowboys fan, and I've told y'all this already, I said, when the Cowboys play a quarterback that doesn't have experience and that should be, oh, this moment is too big, they always play well against the Cowboys. Why is that? Because the Cowboys seem to play a type of football where it's like, well, you know, we know what they don't do that well, but um, we're going to do this thing where either we're too stubborn and we're just going to do what we do so they figure out how to exploit what we don't do well. Or we're going to try and get so exotic and so cute with it that we make it easy on the dude instead of just doing the thing that makes us really good. It's a balance. But you got to, like, lean on what you do well. The Cowboys leaned on not doing anything they do well yesterday. Not stopping to run. Not playing aggressive on the line. There was never a time where the players were, except for that first series when they got that penalty that extended the drive and then they ended up going to score. And that really was the game. If they get them off the field on that first drive and the Cowboys get the ball, you never know what happened. The Cowboys get rolling. Maybe they have a little, you know, Green Bay has to think about it. Something happens, you know, different game. No, you get a stupid penny on the all-pro Deron Bland, who another reason Dak shouldn't be MVP. Deron Bland is not an all-pro. He's a good, solid cornerback. He's a cornerback that has good ball skills and will gamble a little bit and set a or tie the record or set the record for pick sixes in the season. Are you trying? Are you trying to take away somebody's all pro right now? Yeah, now I might agree with you. Like not if he had an all pro season, there are better. You know what? You know, there's no reason to argue. There are better all pro. There are better lockdown corners. Got it. There are better lockdown corners. There are better coverage. Yeah, he's corners not a lockdown corner at all. He's For not sure. a great. He's just great uh, on the ball. But, but you're not. You're not going to trust the people who vote on All Pro to think like I watch Cowboys games. Even if you don't think he's a top top All Pro quarterback, he's at least in the top six. Brandon, okay, at least you know even if they fucked up. All right, we're going to trade Deron Bam for a first round pick this year. Shit. Brandon, when, I, when Larry I, I, Brown, I, I, when, hold, on, hold on, Aaron, when Larry Brown won the MVP of Super Bowl, whatever it was, the Cowboys, when the Cowboys decided, were playing Neil, uh, Neil the old, O'Donnell, Neil O'Donnell basically Neil threw O'Donnell him the ball, threw him just two straight to his straight red to basket, <laughs> First pick sixes. Now, then now, what? You, you got to be in the spot. You got to be in the spot. You got to catch the ball. And you got to run it back. Had him in the spot, Brandon. You throw it at a dude where he can't, like he has to do some matrix six shit to avoid it. Then that means he better catch it. All I'm saying, Brandon, is, and I know it's a it's a sore point for you, Brandon, because the Raiders decided to sign him to some record deal as a mediocre cornerback yeah. co- because he won Super Bowl MVP. First of all, first thought, of all. man, that dude must have been hella good, Neil O'Donnell. Hey, can they play Neil O'Donnell every week on the Raiders? <laughs> no, Brandon, he is a product of a, a defense that was getting pressure on a regular basis, and he's made some nice interceptions, and he made some aggressive plays on the ball, and he's he's that is one of his strengths, and wow. he's gotten pick sixes for it. <laughs> But Brandon, he was not a lockdown corner. He was Almost. not a corner that could that could shut down a whole side of the field. Trayvon Diggs is more a lockdown corner <laughs> a, who can so shut Jared, a receiver down throughout Jared a game. Diggs not a lockdown Jared, corner either, Jared. Jared, 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 I, Jared, I can agree with your premise if this is what's going on. And they said, hey, Trayvon Diggs is hurt. We got Stephon Gilmore. We're not going to throw that side of the field. We're going to test this guy. If you said he got six interceptions the first six weeks of the season, I would be like, all right, cool. Hey, product of the defense. But they played six. They played seventeen games, mm-hmm. like, and he's still shutting people down late in the season. So people already saw the stats. Who was shutting down? Got, who was shutting they, who down? They, they already got film on him, and guess what? He was still balling at the end of the season. Like, it's one thing to say, like, "Oh, I'm going to test this young corner that we don't know anything about," and it's another thing when it's week seventeen and he's still playing well. Like, it's a whole different thing. Like, everyone has film on him now. 
Everyone's playing against him. Everyone's like, oh, say, oh, wait, actually, he's the better quarter than Stephon Gilmore. Let's throw him, the, let's throw that other way down. Let's work mm-hmm. the middle of the field. Let's not go anywhere near him now. Deron De- Bland lit up, lit up numerous, had a penalty, lit up numerous first down catches, and got burned on a couple big plays, or at least one big play that I remember. Every, uh, yeah. So, 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 Brandon, it's not about me, you know what I'm saying, saying that this guy didn't play well or that he wasn't worthy of a Pro Bowl vote or even all Pro votes. He was not. Uh, there are there are better corners that we can name that deserve that? to be all pro. Like look Please. up the all pros and and look up Please. look up other corners. And I will tell you, there's at least two corners on that list that oh, didn't make oh. all pro this year that I would say could have been in over him. Let's look. Let's look at this because he had nine interceptions, Jared. Nine. He had nine interceptions. Yep, he got his ninth one on the last game of the season. Yep, it was good. He got a six pick six on Thanksgiving Day. Great story, but that was a month and a half ago, uh, two months ago. Okay, <laughs> brother, you gotta like Jared the Cowboy fan, man. You know what? I, can, I just need you to cut this out. I need to tag him in this post. Like, I need him to respond to, Brandon, to uh, Jared the Cowboy fan versus Jared the Draymond Green fan. Draymond Green was a Hall of Famer in his second year playing with the Warriors. But for the Cowboys, Jarrett would take away someone's all pro to, that the writers and everyone <laughs> on it. He'll take it away. <laughs> right away. If Uncle Jimmy tell you a duck and pull a truck, you better hook him up. <laughs> take he'll strip all all pro, strip all postseason awards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll, argue, I'll argue J.C. Horn is a better corner than him. God damn it. <laughs> 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 you know it's hard because because probably the AFC's got a couple corners that are probably that, that but they only got to choose two. So you know what I'm saying. But if we're looking at all pros, like they got to choose from, two from the NFC. So like, sure, there's an argument for him to be there. No, 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 Jerry, right. no, 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 Jared. For all pro, that means all pro doesn't go by division or conference. He beat out other people. So I'm gonna say so they don't tell you all the people who got votes for all pro. I'm gonna show you that people who got pro bowl votes, right? And see a lot of the people who are among the top. All right, who are the two all pros? Deron Bland and who? Uh is it Shard Davis Tavis Ward? Yeah, uh, let me see. I gotta look I get you have me open up too many tabs right now to help help disprove your point. My point is quite sound and quite reasonable and actually probably more factual if you watched enough Deron Bland play. I'm not saying that I'm mad the Cowboys drafted him in the fifth round. I'm not saying that I don't want him on the team. I'm just saying is that... You sound, you sound kind of salty considering no, that he's a fifth round pick. This, that's this all, all builds into the mantra or the mindset or the whatever, the positive vibes that all these Cowboys fans were, were feeling about, oh man, we got this, it's all good. Yeah. And, and, and the Cowboys team came out like they had already won the game, like the game was supposed to be an easy cakewalk and they got their shit pushed in. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. Uh, the other all pro is uh, Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. The, All right, he's a better from... coverage corner. So, so Sauce Gardner is a top cover corner in the league. Yep. Uh, now, Jared, see now, this is where I... Patrick Sertain, Jr., I, yeah, better coverage better, corner. Yeah, Patrick Sertain is a better We're talking player. about a lockdown corner or a corner who can shut down a receiver or, or basically... Uh, you know, Brandon, part of me, see, I'm partially... Joey Porter Jr. is a better lockdown corner. I'm partially agreeing yeah. with Jared because of this. Because yeah, I think right they there, got Jared. too enamored by his interceptions. He is yeah, a good cover corner. I'm not worried about not the interceptions. not a good cover corner. It's, yeah, I'm not worried about the interceptions. I'm worried about are you stopping to do that? And 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 he's done. A, he's been a good player. He's been a good player. Pro Bowl-worthy player. 
Pro Bowl quality player this year. Maybe in the future, but he was not an All Pro. He was not first team All Pro. This year. Uh, according, according to the people who pick All Pro, he's an All Pro. That's how I was gonna say it. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? They get things wrong too. <laughs> And I'm telling them they're wrong. They got this one wrong. <laughs> All right. So the four, the eight uh, Pro Bowl quarterbacks are Patrick Sertain, Jay, Salas Carter, Jalen Ramsey, Denzel Ward, Deron Bland, Shartavius Ward, Jalen Johnson, and Devin Witherspoon. I, I hate to say it. He probably is the worst corner out of all of those you named. Except Witherspoon. I don't think Witherspoon was that good. But he was, other than that, who did Witherspoon play for? The Rams? And Witherspoon plays for Seahawks. Jalen Johnson plays for the Bears. Shartavis Ward plays for the 49ers. Like you would, have, you would have a better point if you said, "Hey, man, this guy doesn't believe Shartavis Ward doesn't need to be a Pro Bowler because he plays in a stack defense." No, yeah, he but, he wasn't a good coach, but that, but Pro Bowls. Well, Charvarius Ward is a press corner, so he's done. He's done good against DK twice a year. He's done good against some. He's done good against the number one. Yeah, but that's because the front seven, though. Well, Jared. the front seven. No, and same thing. Deron Bland was getting picks, pick sixes, or getting interceptions. He took like Deron Bland. Some of his interceptions was him going and taking the ball away from the receiver. So there was like at least half of them where he took the ball away. There's a couple where, like, hey, the ball was just. Peanut Tillman made pressure. all pro doing the same thing, Jared. Peanut Tillman made all pro doing the same. Yeah, thing. but Peanut Tillman, yeah, he was just knocking balls out. He was getting some interceptions, but he was causing a lot of fumbles. And like, yeah, that like I didn't think he was a better corner than half the dudes that were ahead of him or, or that were behind him. But that's you know you get the stats and people are like man we got to get him that year. But like if you look at it, nah, he wasn't. And and the other thing I'll say is that that built into the whole Cowboys thing about. These motherfuckers being like, oh, man, we got all pros. We tight. Some of these guys thinking that, man, we just said, no, y'all haven't proven nothing. Y'all haven't won anything. You haven't been anywhere yet. If you have yeah, been to the, the NFC Jerry championship Jones game, you have been here, there, the other. Like, it's one thing if you're like, no, we, we know what we got to do. What the difference is? How are we going to tinker? You know what I'm saying? But, like, y'all showed up and didn't do jack shit. Offense, the O-line is the only team that was out there that actually played pretty well. Dak had plenty of time. Mike McCarthy, you showed that you want to run that West Coast offense, but it took till the third goddamn middle of the third quarter where you started throwing the ball down the field. No, if you let Green Bay say, oh, we don't have to worry about 10, five and 10 yard routes half the time, and we're not challenging down the field, seam routes, deep crossing routes, short crossing routes, layers, levels, and making these fools have to cover the whole field. Like, what are you doing? You're running fucking Kellen Moore's offense that first, that first half. Just doing a bunch of turnaround comeback routes. So I was just like, man, this is this offense. And then why do you keep running the ball on second down? You got second and shorter, you got second and long, and you want to run it then. Yeah, that makes and sense. you get jack shit every time on second down. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's third and long. Y'all were playing to say, hey, we want to always get to third down and have it be third and medium medium or long. No, stay ahead of the sticks. If your your best thing is passing the ball, then pass the ball and open the shit motherfucking up. Jordan Love was out there. Shit was opening up for him. He was throwing the ball down the field, around the field. It didn't matter to him. That's what you need to do. Don't sit here and run some dinky dunk bullshit. You ain't got a goddamn run game. Oh, Green Bay's not good against the run. Well, you don't have a run game. So it's not time to try and get cute with when and how you decide to run and keep running on second down and put yourself in third and long situations on a regular goddamn basis every single series in that first half. Why are you doing that? Because the Native American ran away. Coach Jarrett's here. Yes. Jerry, you sound like those black coaches that be in there coaching in the hood, be yelling at the players. All I'm saying, man, is that you come out like that. That's a culture issue. Somebody should have had Draymond Green in the locker room. Jimmy Johnson would have pulled a Draymond Green in that locker room if you saw him going off on the team at halftime. 
Yeah, that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think yelling at those players is gonna help anybody. Man. I don't they give a fuck. You get your they, ass whooped. What is yelling gonna do to you? It, it's already. It can't be worse than what's happening. Right, so seems, you gonna do something like, about it? it? Seems like the kind of team that needs pat on the back, man. No, it's not. No, that's the problem. Is that you want to give him a fucking pat on the back and you raise a bunch of sissy ass pansies that get boat raced in the first fucking half. I know you don't like it, but you need to stop shucking and jiving. We got a problem. It's You're football, the motherfucker. I, think right, I, tell, I tell you about Cowboys fans are the ones who need. Cowboys needs a, Cowboys fans need. No, Cowboys. No, 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 no. Hey, Cowboys, hey, Cowboys hey, fans need more YG. Use the word sissy. <laughs> It's derogatory. Nigga, please. It ain't derogatory, sissy boys. These sissy boys. It's not boys derogatory when you talk about cowboy players. Mm-hmm. All right, well, y'all ready to start the show? God damn it, we didn't start yet all that talking? Y'all niggas <laughs> got me going on the Cowboys. That's, you know, yeah. Fuck y'all. No. And it's just somebody got an all-pro from the Cowboys. Like, fuck, he started taking all the awards back. Yeah, yeah, you missed that, Pedro. <laughs> Jared's got a dad who tried to take away all your Christmas gifts. Oh, man, you ain't clean up your room? Taking all this shit back. All this shit back. <laughs> yeah, we ain't even in school during Christmas time. Yeah, he's taking it back. Sometimes, sometimes that's just the way things go, man. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score 510 podcast. You can catch us at High Score 510 on the Instagram, the YouTube, and on the Twitter at Horcrux Hipster. Also, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash High Score 510 or our TikTok page at the High Score 510. And we are here with. Uh, this is AG3 coming at you just like Jonathan Majors, because I'll be telling uh, white women that I need them to be, I need them to be my Jada Pinkett. I swear to God, if I see one more podcast clip talking about being a high value man or you know girls, women's body counts. And, they gotta be virgins, <laughs> like how you know if you make over fucking a hundred k, fucking if you're six foot three and dudes complaining, bro, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. You nerds, stop fucking complaining. <laughs> Shout out to Chet Hanks. Keeping it real. It's Cowboy Chetanak. Wait, do you follow Chet Hanks? Like, I was thought it was some random fool, but like, no, you actually, I was like, that's your boy. That's too specific to your history for this to be. My boy Chet Hanks, man, gotta represent. Respect, you don't know. And we are here with. Hello, everyone. Um, Because of Martin Luther King, I'm able to be everybody's favorite captain. Um, Captain Peepon. And, um, just like that, one, two, three, all of our playoff teams are out of the playoffs, and they all got blown out. Well, except the Rams. Yeah. Might as well. Might as well. Well, here's your sound bite. I start getting money, it's fuck the community. Only people who think about community is broke motherfuckers. Motherfucker with money don't give a damn about fixing the community. I done went from the schools to the strip club. I had way more fun. I'm staying out too late. I wasn't drinking, now I kind of drank a little bit. What's worse, Jared? The person who listens to the video of the, the dumbass that's just spouting at the mouth, or the person who actually watched the video of the dude that takes time to play music to it. <laughs> um, you don't follow Mono Leon? Neon or whatever his name is, Aaron? 
Nah, I only I only listen to real musicians that can create music and not just put the shit to somebody's voice on TikTok. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I tried to create. He made a lot of shit. money doing that. <laughs> I ain't. No, he, he's a legit player. I wouldn't tell him to go play some shit then, and that's not playing this shit online. Get your money, go to the strip club. Fuck black people. Well, I'm I'm glad that you are uh, espousing the ignorance of Charleston White through funk music. That's why hey, you know what? You know what? That's the only <laughs> smart thing he said. Well, here's a highlight of uh, another um, moment Charleston White had this week that uh, he was actually part of. How you doing? All right. I was gonna say I may not be able to reach the top shelf, but I'll definitely be able to reach your heart. Oh, that's that point. Can you take some dick? Oh, that reached my heart. Can you take some dick? Yeah. Uh, let, let my boy get a little three sixty. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck this little motherfucker. <laughs> I'm gonna try it for now. I ain't never done it before, but I'm gonna try it out. Shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's giving them money no, to do this? You're about to make me quit. You know, because both of those people are important. Whenever I see that <laughs> baby alien and that chick, uh, Jared, I'm about to quit. You wait, know, wait, hold on, I'm hold done. on. I'm done. The Jared, fact that he know baby alien for porn. <laughs> Well, you know what? It was this, it was this Jap this half Japanese, half Peruvian chick crazy, that man. was on the cusp of being in porn, and then all of a sudden, I see some three minute scene with her and that baby alien dude, and I was like, all right. Uh, I mean, I don't have no problem with baby alien. You know, people want to watch him. People want to watch him. He got to make his living too. But Charleston <laughs> White, and I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done watching this shit. I'm, I'm going clean. I'm going back to church, y'all. <laughs> Charleston White then pushed the Aaron back. No, to- I seen the little, the little girl, the little lady before. I didn't know she was in porn. Yeah, the small person. Remember Jared Show? Didn't Jared Show something? Or she was in another clip we played doing something. Yeah, she was in a clip. clip we I've didn't see the porn because... clip, but she was in a clip getting ready or something. Oh, yeah, I, I don't remember. But yeah. I know I seen. I'm, her I'm just upset not at the two P stars. The fact that they choosing to do some shit with Charleston White. That's what got me done. I'm done. <laughs> done. I don't Are mind the baby alien or the, 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 the small person. Just... Just doing something for clickbait. The little person. I'm done, Pedro. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going to join about four religions. I'm going to join about five different kind of Christian sects, too. And hopefully they let me into the uh, Church of Latter-day Saints. I'll join that motherfucker, too, if they ain't racist at the time. <laughs> but they, cha- they was trying to change that image when I moved to Las Vegas. They probably had a bunch of Samoans. All right. And <laughs> we are here with... Hey, this is Brandon, a.k.a. Taco Pablo. Happy football playoffs. Fuck football all the way. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, here's your sound bite. This fits Brandon's demo. Let me ask you a question. Go for it. Would you rather like get $5 million for cancer? Uh, what's the cash with the 5 mil? Straight to your bank account. $5 million or cancer? And what's the cash for cancer? You, have, you get cancer. Yeah. <laughs> love the comic dude her two brain cells are fighting for third place they didn't even fight for second they fight for third they so like, thank god she cute oh, oh my god she drunk and she, I don't know man no you just get cancer bitch what, what, what kind of dumb ass question what is that five million? I got a, I got a fire question for you man it's a tough this one, one. I'm a, it's a tough this, one I'm telling you it's a tough one <laughs> Those type of white women like the reason why I stopped going out because it was too easy. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not doing this. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all right. And my name is Jared, a.k.a. DJ Art. 
with two T's for a double dose of that tink tink. The D is silent, so it's just jart. Here's my sound bite from the vault of funny viral clips. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Have a look at the headlock here. See that chap over there? Get your hand off my penis! This is the bloke who got me on the penis before. <laughs> I'm glad I was old enough. I never saw that clip before. <laughs> well, apparently somebody had their hand on his penis. Uh, anyways, it is MLK Day. We are recording on a Martin Luther King Jr. birthday and holiday, depending on what state you're in. So, those of you know if it's actually his birthday, it's the first Monday of January. <laughs> it's the third Monday. It's more about the spirit of his birthday than his actual birthday. Hey, look, the white folks <laughs> got with it out here in Arizona. I don't think the Hispanics did because all the Hispanics was out at seven o'clock today. <laughs> Please, I need the Hispanics to celebrate MLK. I don't need that, all that traffic and non-driving around me. Yeah, well, hopefully they'll, we'll get to the point where it does become a community service day for all our white, beautiful, white brethren uh, that get the day off. They will do community service work. And a lot I ain't going to force someone to do community service, Jerry. We already went over this. You can't force someone to do community service. Yeah, I didn't say for They force people not to be able to go to the same schools. Yeah, man, you can. You ain't like those motherfuckers are still alive safety, this day. You can court order community service. No, you can force you can force community service for someone to get arrested, but you can't force this because someone's white to do community service. Oh, what? What you talking about? They forced. They, can we talk about? For, uh, yeah, yeah, and, uh, you don't know one white person that forced a black person to do shit. Slavery. Can we talk about well, we, they need to force slavery back to black for black folks because what Jalen Hurst just did that was the biggest nigger play I ever seen. Looks like Malcolm X before converted to Islam. What is this nigga doing? Uh, did he teabag somebody on the field? Jalen Hurst just he... got tackled in the end zone and threw the, ball, threw the ball right there out of bounds. That should do it uh, for a safety and put them down 18 to 9 with them kicking the ball to uh, to the hapless Buccaneers. I'm sorry, but what kind of routes these niggas running to? Anyways, did you guys do anything special on this MLK day in, in observance of Dr. Martin Luther the King's birthday? Yeah, I'm yes. on this podcast. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah what did you do, I, Pedro? I went to Walmart to shop for my black wife while looking at white women. <laughs> my wife had surgery, so I'm taking care of her. So I went to Walmart looking for my next victim. <laughs> is it a did she ask you would you is rather have five okay? million dollars or cancer <laughs> would you rather five million dollars straight to your account or just cancer <laughs> well what comes with the cancer cancer it's cancer is stupid <laughs> did, the, does, did the cancer come with a lifetime lifetime rack of ribs <laughs> Yeah, so uh, what about you, Brandon? How did you spend the day? Were you doing a Filipino heritage night at the uh, uh, Durham Bulls game? You know what, man? I was just doing my community service, which is also called raising my children by myself here while my wife's on another work trip. So, uh, yeah, I did my part. Cleaning them after these kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> make, sure they ate, make sure these black kids eat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Get bathed. <laughs> Read some nighttime stories. Okay. <laughs> Living in MLK's dream right now. Now I can stay up way past my bedtime. Mm -hmm. I'm tired all day at work tomorrow. 
<laughs> it's a holiday. It's okay to stay up past your bedtime. Well, this was sent by a um, friend of the show, Ernest of Just Being Ernest podcast. It's an old clip that uh, I think Pedro will really enjoy. And it's talking about marketing to black folk. Here in our own front yard, there's a neglected market. There's money waiting to be spent. To get the story of this market, to be able to tell you the secret of selling the Negro, we did a lot of digging. Here is what sales psychologists have to say about selling to the Negro. The secret of selling to the Negro is expressed in one word. That word is recognition. Now, there's nothing unusual about that. People want to be recognized. They need recognition. But perhaps because he's had so little of it, the Negro needs even more. He needs to feel important and appreciated. This need is a very real and important one. It shows up even in many of the Negro's shopping habits. Yeah, work so. like a charm, because all y'all niggas do is buy name brand. <laughs> work like uh, a charm. Look how the white man has all this control over us. Work uh, like a charm. Well, it, it, this uh, video goes on to continue and elaborate about that page. Yeah, I've, I've seen this video a million times, Jared. <laughs> Somebody even had to collage up how they, when they first started marketing, marketing to Negroes, mm -hmm. And then they was using it as a joke, like the old spark plug commercial. I think Champion had a racist uh, ad. Who else? Michelin Tires, Tide, one of them, one of the name brand detergents. They had a whole collage of racist uh, ads. Cigarettes, the cigarette companies. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite, Pedro? I like the Champion spark plug ad where they had... Uh, they told, they t I think they was telling them to gap the plugs and they had a monkey dressed up like a Negro said, don't y'all know that them, them spark plugs need grease or something like it was something like that. It was, it was hilarious. A monkey dressed up as a Negro. It was hilarious. I'm like, man, that made me want to buy champion spark plugs. Pedro would have something to do with cars. That's his favorite race. It have exactly. <laughs> if just look up uh, champion races. It should pop up on Google. I guess my question is, what is one thing or observation you feel MLK would have on the current day status of being an American and maybe even more so a black American? And all you gotta do is play that clip from uh, Boondocks. You got it. That's, that's what will be his reaction for a long time right now. Usher, Michael Jackson is not a genre of music. <laughs> <laughs> is this it? This is what I got all those ass whoopings for. Okay, you're looking like shoot. Maybe I should have. Maybe we should have said segregated. <laughs> you see yourself on them flyers. He definitely gonna lose it. <laughs> the freedom to twerk. <laughs> I heard he's rolling over in his grave right now. <laughs> rolling over, ass up in the air right now. Brandon, what do you? How do you feel like uh, MLK would uh, would see the state of affairs in America in, on his ninety fifth birthday? Man, at ninety five. <laughs> at ninety five, if, if he could still see, I'll be. Made a lot of progress, I think. I think like most of the uh, the civil rights leaders of the sixties and seventies, uh, he'd be disappointed at the people they picked to to take over for them um, <laughs> i think that generation had higher hopes for us <laughs> the next generation than we had for ourselves 
Uh, but they would just be like, man, what what happened? Because I don't think even even somebody like Martin Luther King, and, uh, Malcolm X, any of the, like the leaders or whatever could not foresee the internet happening, could not foresee uh, us being as divided as we are, but all looking at the same, using the same apps to be divided on. Um, yeah, man. So yeah, man, it's hard. It's hard to say, man. And then number two, at some point, like the only reason why ML, like one of the reasons why MLK's message sort of sticks out is because he died. You know, it's one of those things you're like, all right, well, if he doesn't die, he ends up saying something to get canceled or or people just tune him out after a while. Right. Because like people like uh, Harry Belafonte, civil rights leader for decades, putting in mad work for decades. Was was the last time you saw somebody quote him or like, oh, man, we got to see where Harry Belafonte says about this before he died. You know, like exactly. he lived long enough to get forgotten. So I think uh, people sort of like want to wish that things were different. But I think that his. I mean, he, how many, how many did I have to get, argue with 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 Darius on this show about Harry Belafonte and the work he did? <laughs> he ain't no Kim Kardashian. Putting in that work, different kind of work. Bro. She it's... putting in okay. <laughs> they putting, putting in work MLK into her. her. What you talking about? Did. They putting work into her. Uh, uh, Kim Kardashian did get a couple of niggas a lot of money. Yeah, I think I think MLK would, you know, it, it's hard if he grew into this and he evolved into this versus if like, you know, the Boondocks episode that was so infamous, the Return of the King episode where he was in a coma and then awakened into the early 2000s. I think there are a lot of people who, you know, would be disappointed in what it is. I think they would be happy that our society has grown and evolved in certain ways, but the systemic, you know, racism and oppression and, and just inequality along the the class lines is probably grown even more since those times um it has it's actually like you know you can see it happening and there's plenty of charts and, and studies that prove that that inequality has grown even more since those times i think that they would be you know sadly um Sadly disappointed and, and disheartened at, at the project. What the hell society. are you talking about, man? You thinking that he'd be sad about that right now? There's a lot of other things he'll be more sad about than that. What? Like what? Like the Cowboys being out I mean, of his own race of goddamn people before he go into inequality on class lines and socioeconomic lines and things of that nature. What you talking about? He don't you don't think he likes sexy red? But lo and behold, some four decades later, what have I found? But a bunch of trifling, shiftless, good-for-nothing niggas. And I know some of you don't want to hear me say that word. It's the ugliest word in the English language. But that's what I see now, niggas. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> hey, do you think he would be in line with Dr. Umar and giving out lashes? Michael Wilbon, you fat, bald head, no neck midget. I sentence you to 3,000 lashes for conduct unbecoming a black man. <laughs> would Umar, really? Dr. Umar Johnson, be an ally? Maybe, maybe after watching that. And everybody, but <laughs> after watching them Popeye commercials. <laughs> After seeing don't the, make sense, we make Popeyes. After seeing Jerry Rice, the greatest wide receiver of all time, put on a football helmet with a chicken wing on the face mask as the face mask, I think Martin would have said, "You know what? Let's just let's just call this chalk it up. I'm going to sleep for good." Chalk it up. He'll he'll pull his own plug. <laughs> he'll ask the nurse to tie the plug around his foot so he can kick the shit out as hard as he can. And I wouldn't blame him. We got the magic. We got 12 beats. 
got the legs and the thighs and the ooh. <laughs> this is why it's so important for education. There's a lot of things going on. You know, we're in an election year. A lot of this uh, culture wars of banning books, eliminating critical race theory or or critical theories being taught in um, you know public schools. It's it's a big issue because the further you can pull people away from their history and what the meaning of their life is and their purpose or what what could part of their purpose be is that you are an extension of this great suffering and great movement or, or great sacrifice of people. I'm sick and tired of them wanting to teach CTR in, in school, critical race theory. Can you tell me what that means? And to fucking like learn that and remember that. But the more you have people living in squalor and, and destitute situations or morally, you know what I'm saying, perverted and, and, and ethically perverted situations, the comment sections, you know, saying the irregular internet, then the easier it is to have people just continue just to perpetuate whatever the next big thing is that's feeding who? The, ne the, the big investors, the big companies, and thus this political farce that they're putting on. So um, shout out to Dar Dr. Martin Luther King. And uh, we, uh, we hope that we are, we are living up to your, your, your memory and your dream. I've seen what's around the corner. I've seen what's over the horizon, and I promise you, you niggas have nothing to celebrate. I know I won't get there with you. I'm going to Canada. Let's let's not pretend that they weren't uh, thoughts, as the kids say, uh, back in his day too. Let's not pretend they weren't people uh, misrepresenting but, the, the culture. But the culture, the culture, too. like if you were a thought, the culture wasn't like you could gain clout and, and notoriety and fame and you know make a, a great living off of that. And, and you know, I'm not saying that people shouldn't have the ability to empower themselves economically through their their sexuality. But at the same time, what is the toxic have, 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 have you have you have, have you heard of Eartha Kitt? Have you what was she selling back in back in the sixties? Like that was her thing. Like she was a good looking lady for the time. She was wearing bikinis on screen. That was her thing. Man, bikinis on screen. That's a that was a big deal back then, Brandon. I'm not saying it's that, it's, like, it's, it's 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 a different thing, but, but the same but, thing. That was that was considered like taboo back then. She got a lot of shit for it. Yeah, some people Brandon got famous <laughs> off having sex on camera and being released to the public. So there's a big difference there. Or the kid wearing a bikini in a time where not a lot of people, especially people of color, were allowed to be on screens anyways and breaking certain certain barriers. Now, questioning whether or not we should have been fighting to break through certain barriers is an important thing. But you know, like one of the aspirations would be the first black something in this country and if you got that you knew your name was going to be in the record books but we don't even learn that history anymore we don't even learn the parameters or the reasons or the situations about that history and why it was important in that time and what is what grows from that though is that is that the standard in a static uh standard of what is important for us or what 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 spawns from that what grows out of that are we even have a framework by which we look at our evolution as a people as something growing greater than like as being a seedling and growing into a a a, 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 a small shrub and then a a bigger, bigger Jerry, Jerry. bush or tree. You know, Jerry. what I'm saying. Jared's making the words out. Jared's making the words out right now. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that, like you know, like it all the way today. There's, there, there's a difference, but at the same time, I also am for women being able to empower themselves. But 
being empowered doesn't mean that we don't have toxic traits or toxic um, things that we place in our identity as motivations or pathways for us no. to achieve this perceived success. If it's a perverted or my question, my question is what's toxic. The only thing toxic about it is there's not enough guardrails to keep people who don't want to see it away from it. Like that's, that's the only, that's the only toxic thing about it. Like they can do whatever the fuck they want to do. Cause you just like, you don't want people telling you what to do. Like, it's not cool for you. Like, Oh, this is the moral standard we got to have for, for motherfuckers, you know? And that's the only thing that's really toxic about it. Nobody's doing anything different. Like, you know, people just try to put, try to put their thing in the hole. That's all they try to do, man. Well, when you <laughs> have a, to... when you have a self-perpetuating cycle, that's, that's, that's continuing to induce certain behaviors out of poor people whether it's a historical criminalization or a or a stupid uh, dumb <laughs> dumbing down of uh through science and through social just like uh, uh mores you know saying the way people treat each other like if if you have these things that that influences the next layer of it the next iteration of it so like people of color and poor people who are finding a certain footing with the opening of social medias to find ways to make money and monetize themselves or be their own brand and all this that, and the other like that's it that's that's cool it's it's created a, a open playing field or a more balanced playing field to some degree it's still being privatized and monetized in many ways by all these companies but also furthermore these but, cycles, but these cycles hold on these cycles of people being you know dis franchise are given so little that they have so few options of ways to be creative or feel as though they can make make it in the world creates more and more singular singular ways that people see this is a way to make success and if it's not something that is nutrient rich it is not something that has a robust cultural or, or historical background to it then it's just an expression of what's already they've been fed if all you know how to do is microwave quesadillas then you gonna grow up and only know how to microwave quesadillas for the next person and then all of a sudden we should think you famous and you don't know, say you tight because you know how to microwave quesadillas <laughs> no nigga you got to learn how to cook some other shit you got to learn mm. these things but it's hard to because with the parameters of your world are limited due to economic and cultural or racial situations yes that's 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 hard but we got to look at it like we have an open playing field where a lot of dumb people can put dumb shit out there in the world and because it's sensationalized we've been trained to accept sensationalized shit so much we like man that shit's hilarious and then i send y'all regular internet stuff because it's hilarious but like I i'm just saying is that it doesn't mean it's good we can all we can all attest that it's not necessarily good and it shouldn't be the way that people are are, are growing understanding of oh this is how i can make it in the world this is how i can make my living this is how i could be somebody black entertainment television is the worst thing i've ever seen in my life right but that's the but that all that you said you had one stream of consciousness you catch yourself all because that's the kind of shit we share on the show that's the kind of shit we text about like we got the opportunity to talk about some positive shit, but everything that's positive, we don't talk about it. What y'all talking about, man? I was talking about, you know, I've been talking about, no, no, no. no honestly, <laughs> we don't, honestly, we don't, honestly, we don't. Honestly, this, you I mean, try to take somebody's all pro away for I, 20 I, minutes, man. I've been trying to just stay to sports so y'all don't have to hear me get on my soapbox too much. So I'm sorry. Shout out to Martin Luther the King for bringing it out of me today. Usher, Michael Jackson is not a genre of music. <laughs> In news this week, in news, Keith Lee, famed brother of MMA fighter and food critic, black food critic, made his way to the Bay Area, y'all, and cut his trip short because he had to go to the hospital for a, 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 a shellfish allergy and just generally didn't have a good time, per se. 
Shout, shout, shout out to that dude, man. Here's what he posted. Well, they say they're saying they say, he, they send him to Brenda's in the Tenderloin. That's what they say. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't send him to Brenda's in the Tenderloin, man. That's the he must have not went because Brenda's got good food at least. Have you been to Brenda's in the Tenderloin? Have you been to the TL? I was Brenda's with your ass on my birthday. <laughs> we stood out there in line for like an hour and a half. Have man, you been to the House of Curry's in the Tenderloin where we pop it 24-7, bro? That's where it's at, man. <laughs> I've been to Brenda's with, J- with Brandon, I think, twice. <laughs> it's a different lifestyle if you come from a civilized environment. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, well, here's what uh, Keith Lee posted on his social media about cutting his stay short in the Bay. The Bay Area stop on the Keith Lee and family food tour is officially over prematurely, and we're going to get straight into it. Let's talk about it. There are a few reasons why, as a family, we decided to end the food tour short. But before I get to that, I truly want to say from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate every single bit of love. The people at the Bay were absolutely amazing, and I'll never forget the hospitality and the love that y'all showed me. Reason number one, I truly don't believe the Bay is a place of tourists right now, and that's what I was, a tourist. The people in the Bay are just focused on surviving. That's the business owners, the locals. The amount of tents and living structures and burnt up cars that we saw people living in was shocking to say the least. Before we went, people was comparing it to Gotham City. Now, I might not agree, but I understand where it's coming from. But I can't harp on it enough that the people are amazing. It's just an environment. And as an outsider, I wish the city would step in. I don't know if they have. I don't know if they've been trying. But just from outside looking in, it don't seem like it was much city interference. Reason number two, and this is in no particular order. We went to a lot of restaurants, popular restaurants, not popular restaurants, mom and pop shops. And this is the first city where I have over six videos that I don't feel comfortable with posting because nothing about my experience was constructive and nothing that I said was constructive. I've always been big on honesty. I've always been big on transparency. But I've never been big on completely tearing down anybody. And I feel like those six videos only doing that. And I've always said, I'm at absolutely blessed to do this but it does take a lot of money it does take a lot of resources to do at the moment everything comes out of pocket so when we had that many restaurants that we couldn't do anything with that was just another deciding factor number three and probably the most important i had to go to the hospital because i had an allergic reaction to one of the meals i had this restaurant in particular cooked a plethora of meats including shellfish my family specifically asked if they cooked it on the same grill they said yes but they would clean it the second i ate it i blew up like a balloon i had to get some steroids and some allergy medicine and it cleared right up but it was a health concern nonetheless and that was another reason why we decided to go home i also think the bay wasn't the target audience for what it is that we do 90 percent of restaurants that the locals said had great food was already booming and the people from the bay are a loyal community so if your food is good the line gonna be out the door already and then again we went to some of those restaurants and i wasn't a huge fan and even if i did like all of the food at the busy spots there's never been my mo to just go to busy spots so those are the reasons why we decided to cut it short but nonetheless some amazing things did happen while we were there chef greens was one of the restaurants that i went to and he had a new segment the day after we left God is amazing. Mama T's also joined that category with a new segment the day after we left. God is amazing. And one of the places that we went that I didn't get a chance to post was the highlight of our trip. The name of it was Luxurious Cuisines. Customer service is absolutely amazing. And the food wasn't too far off of that. We went in as a family and we left for a $2,000 tip. So the trip itself wasn't all in vain. And again, I appreciate every single person that I met. I want to stress, it is not normal for us to go to restaurants, not like it, and not post it. Any other time we ran into the situation, I've always had some kind of constructiveness to say. This was just different. And again, I'm always going to be transparent. I'm always going to be honest. Thank you again to everybody in the Bay Area. We'll be headed to the next spot soon. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Y'all be safe. All right. My, my first thought is this, man. One, how the fuck are you going to be a food critic and you got a big ass food allergy? That's Let's what, start that with was that. what I was going to say. Let's start I mean, with like, that because you can't eat like, everything and you can't even sniff shit with that allergy. <sighs> so how the God. fuck you a food critic? No, man, that's the first key. Well, he is a food critic for uh, lesser known small, smaller mom and pop uh shops typically that's what he likes to he tries to get them pub 
and and positive reviews so they hopefully you know get some shine off and it helps you know get their business a little bit more um you know popping or or just you know help sustain them so yeah yeah brandon as our foodie critic and correspondent having your own uh, tacos tours and whatnot and uh being amongst the people as Ke- you could have been keith lee before keith lee by the way brandon how do you feel about Keith Lee cutting his tour short and what he just said in general about his experience in the Bay. Oh man, I thought it was very valid. I think so. Here's the the thing about Cal- people in California, like they normalize a lot of stuff that should be normal. And like you only you only realize that if you leave and come back. That's the thing. Or you just leave for an extended period of time. Uh, like the homelessness thing, like that's something like you go if you just ride around long enough, you stay out of this. If you get away from like the tourist areas, and sometimes even in the, even in the tourist areas, like you go see some shit that you're not that is not normal other places, unless you're in LA, unless you're in the wrong part of New York, you're in like parts like parts of Chicago or Miami, something like that. But like it's just sort of littered throughout the whole city. And I think he explained. I think he explained what he does, right? Like if you follow him for a long time, like if he does like something, he'll tell you. Like, hey man, I don't think this was nothing. He'd give you a number, or whatever. But it just seems like he was overwhelmed with everything going on, like the atmosphere, all that other stuff, and just sort of c- combined into this sort of like, all right, this, I'm not, I'm not being helpful to nobody. But I just complained about all the shit. So yeah, so I thought it was helpful. I think number one is Brian brought more light to the situation than anything that he else he could have did by just saying, hey man, I'm out. And, and the same thing, like when was let's say you recommend somebody go to the Bay Area to, to to be a tourist, right? They tell the people on the planes, hey, don't leave, go straight to your hotel, put your bags away, right? They tell you that shit. You dude, I have people like driving up from LA. The first thing I tell them years ago was like, hey man, do you have anything in your car right now? Like before I even say hi, they get out the car. Do you have anything <laughs> in your car right now? Let's get it out. <laughs> <laughs> that somebody might want. Right? Oh no, that's phone charger. Yeah, let's get that out of there too. Let's do all that shit. Right? So I mean, it's not normal, man. And, and I hate to say it because I'm a California kid, man. I grew up in the Bay. Yeah, I'm just saying, man, it, it's different out there. He grew up in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as, as as far as like him not having positive experience to actually act the restaurant with the food or whatever, there's a lot of very popular Bay Area restaurants that are trash. That I would like. I'm like the food sucks here. Like I don't know why people give me an example, Brandon. Give me an example. <laughs> no, no, no. I agree. I, I look. I'm a person that eat at a lot of different places, and there's some I think are overrated. But I wouldn't go as far as trash. I mean, okay. the trash ones are like lowest supply cream. Yes, maybe. So this uh, thing what, before, like, was it Brown Sugar Kitchen? Right? Oh, that was overrated. That, that was horrible. It wasn't trash. It wasn't trash. It was bland fried chicken. It was flavorless. It wasn't trash. For me, trash means trash means you got roaches on. And and like when I go to Lois the Pie Queen and there's a fucking clipper in the goddamn sink in the bathroom where motherfucking hair clippers are in the sink for someone cutting hair during that fucking break. And then my chicken come with no skin on it. None of my thighs has skin. because my, my, my skinless fried chicken. Ate the skin. It was not skinless fried chicken. They took the top off. It looked like it was eating. The the cook had greasy fucking shirt on. Then that's my that's when I go trash. Flavorless. It's just, I mean, there's it could be flavorless for tons of reason. They're cooking for a bunch of to me, brown sugar kitchen wasn't for black people. It was for white. It, it was for white people and black people who'd never had good cooking. All right. Well, I have a different definition of trash. I got a different like definition, right? Because there's because I feel like there's like my rating scale for food is similar to how I rate NFL quarterbacks. There's elite, there's good, 
It's above average. I know. I do the same thing too. I'm just saying, flavorless doesn't mean trash, right? That's like, would you call Derek Carr trash? So, but here's the thing. But if I pay, so Derek Carr could be trash. No, he's not. He's also associated with price. But he's yeah, exactly. That's part of it too, right? If I'm paying Derek Carr two hundred million dollars, he's trash. If I'm paying him on a rookie scale, he's awesome. Brown Sugar Kitchen wasn't the worst (laughs) price I ever paid, but it was. It was like I said for trash. It got to make me sick. Taste horrible or fucking roaches all over the place. That's more of a health department concern. Yeah, there's that's, tiers, that's there, trash. There's tiers of of things where yeah, there's there's ways of evaluating. Was the food fresh and did it taste well prepared? Was yeah. there a certain level of quality? Now, because at least flavor, Brown Sugar Kitchen had high quality. That's the one I it had the that. presentation of like good quality, but the flavor was lacking. Um, but yes. then you have some places where you ha- you can you can taste that the vegetables they use were are old or that they're just using some mm. kind of bag shit. I think that there's places that you you know are going to serve you that, and there's places that present otherwise. So it's taken in various factors. Kind of the way I evaluate Lucas for trying to sell a premium product at a Here premium price with subpar cooking abilities. <laughs> They might have the had thing. they might have had some really nice ahi tuna cuts. They might have had a really nice set of quinoa. They but might have had some this? really fresh ingredients. Food places, good. Jared, as you know, especially with Unami Burger, it goes down the drain after a while. Food places can go down the drain yeah. for many different reasons: money wise, new new staff, original ownership sold out and left, uh, original cooks left. Different. Re- I mean, I was at the Parkway when you know when I felt like we we're on the food high. With the meals we were making, we had this one chef that was unbelievable. This this Puerto Rican dude, he was un black Puerto Rican dude, unbelievable dude was a a, a genius when it came to flavors and food. And then when he left the job, we kept all the shit on the menu, and people couldn't make it the same. I even told I told the owner, "Hey man, this shit ain't made the same, man." Like uh, we had a bomb me Vietnamese tofu bomb me. It was not the same. What kind of, what kind of sandwich was it? Bond me. Where's that come from? Vietnamese. Vietnam. <laughs> Vietnam. I'm Captain James T. Kirk. <laughs> I went to Vietnam. <laughs> from Vietnam, man. Viet. <laughs> Check you caught up out here, man. You know, Jared trying to get me caught up, man. This magic moment. But it was good. It was good under him, man. He had the right flavors. It was like it soaked in lemongrass and other stuff they tried to replicate it after he left never had the same flavor not it wasn't it was flavorless all right a quick quick story about lucas that could not make the show jared it could not make the show what what this this is off the record what are you talking about it's, it's off yeah, the record. Yeah, i'm wondering this, how so, can lucas be off the record i mean oh no so lucas, lucas was closing and so as you know my my wife knows people who worked at lucas at some point oh yeah yeah so, remember that so they were having some big like reunion. It's like, hey, if you ever worked at Lucas, if you're a regular, come back. We're having a party to like throw, like to kick it off, right? So they had the official closing party, but then there was like the after party after that with like a bunch of people. So this person I know, he gets to the party. It's like they used to work there, whatever. They get upstairs and it was like a Tony M- pile of on the big ass desk, and it's like, don't worry, it's been tested. <laughs> <laughs> have that that's just sort of the mindset people who work maybe maybe that's say. why they were closing because they had a they, they weren't paying their bills because they had too many <laughs> brandon how the hell does a restaurant story be off the record oh it's off the record how in the hell is a restaurant 
story off the record. Let me tell you this, brother. There was a popular restaurant in North Oakland. I was part of a food conference. It took us there, closed down for the day for this conference, treated us. We didn't have to hang our wallet. Bar was open. Everything was open. First time I've been open bar as a adult and, and didn't have my mom with me. And uh, open bar, open food. The owner did nothing but talk about how he loves his program. That's why he closed down the restaurant. He pays his staff like overtime to work that day. He's closed the whole day just to prep for us. And then he talks about how much he loves it and how much he loves partying with the people at this conference. And because of they talk about going in the bathroom. I mean, just adamant. I don't think that shit should be off the record, Brandon. Man, you I didn't say the name right. of the restaurant. Exactly. But I said the name of the restaurant. I'm not saying it to the people. <laughs> it's different. I mean, Brandon, restaurant, I'm going to tell you this. For me, even working in my little bit of restaurant business, restaurants go hand in hand. What restaurant mm-hmm. you work at the heck? Jared, Pedro, all right. You work if you work in the service. You work in food. There are plenty of drugs. full of cocaine. Because it's high stress. It's high stress and high action. I didn't do cocaine, but other people did because coffee just, they want to be on the, be able to move like they want something stronger than coffee. Oh. Jared knows because Jared worked food at service too. The closing is harder than being open. It's so so you're telling more. me that fancy restaurant, oh, our company pop. took us to, uh, all they was doing was cocaine in the back. No, they, they, you know, they might do a little bit before the shift and they're certainly doing it after. Yeah, some of them might do caffeine. Yeah, I mean it's a drug. It's a drug fuel <laughs> industry. The food industry is drug full. Yeah, it's drug fuel in the service industry. Oh, okay. It's, a, it's, it's hard. It's hard to sleep alcohol. afterwards. Pedro, I used to get off work and couldn't sleep. I would get off to work. I would work. Remember, Brandon? I was. I started off working double shifts. I was working from ten in the morning to two at night. Right. What restaurant did you work at? And I couldn't. Oh, I just sleep. now learning about this. I was shit. at the Parkway, and I couldn't sleep. Oh, I couldn't, it's it's part, part, part of his metaverse. Sleep. <laughs> and you can't what sleep. What dimension was you in, nigga? And the funny thing is, when other people came to work there, I told them the same shit. I told, I told Ed, I told Rayon, dude, you're not gonna be able to sleep afterwards. And remember, Ed thought I was crazy when I said I was like, dude, I'm about to quit because I can't sleep. I'm tired of not being able to sleep when I get off. I remember asking this one girl there, "Hey, what do you do to sleep?" It's like I struggle sleeping when I get off. She goes, "Aaron, that's what I take a lot of drugs for." <laughs> I don't know much about crack. I was like, God damn. Mm-hmm. God damn! Uh-huh. So Brandon, I don't know how you gonna put a goddamn cocaine. Yeah. That wasn't you even know, a crazy ass. You know what, man? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Y'all know y'all have a Costco membership to get some discounted melatonin. That okay. was, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> that thinking was not even that. a crazy. That wasn't even a crazy story that you're trying to put off the rack. Yeah, who they who they gonna who they gonna go yeah. to? They're the like, place is closed. Who like, oh, cares? <laughs> Just to let everybody know, because this Brandon, this Brandon is, trying to protect this, his source. What happened before probably got is cut. this a listener of the show, Brandon? Brandon made us cut a, <laughs> Potentially. a part of the story that wasn't even that Potentially. Bad. You tell him to listen to this episode, me. Brandon. How much, how much <laughs> all four of y'all done? <laughs> now that we on this subject, God damn. You work in the food. Brandon, you can't take a food service industry and be shocked that drugs is involved with mm-hmm. in it. I'm personally shocked. It's kind of like the first time I went to CrossFit and realized if you go down, like everybody will sleep with each other. I was like, what are you, what's happening here? Oh, you talking oh. about food service too? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleeping with each other, sleeping with each other. Oh, yeah, food service, yeah. The homo foods. Because you're flirting all day for tips and then you start, you flirting with each other all day. And so it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of sleeping with each other and it's a lot of tips. It's a lot of drugs. Yeah, CrossFit definitely. 
Oh, I knew I knew they was. Epic. Oh, you said CrossFit sleep with each other, man. The food service sleep with each other more than CrossFit, probably. Man, it's it's about the same, man. Well, I mean, food service sleep yeah, probably, right? Probably food it's service because you. It's dirty. I mean, you see someone go from dating both, like with no breaks. You'll see many people dating each other and then no breaks in between. Sleeping and dating—that's all they do. Homosexual. Um. Exactly. You'll see people sleeping in the bathroom with each other during after the shift over. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> that lie. also that also happened in the uh, uh I'm figuring this out. I learn every day. I learn every day. That was that was the whole point. I remember somebody was working out a lot and their sex drive was really high. Huh. So it all makes sense. <laughs> I'm so, I'm glad I'm grateful yeah. Keith Lee got us to this point in our conversation. Okay, I, I yeah. forgot. I forgot. The Indiana Airport has laid down a full-on basketball court in one of its terminals as a way for angsty passengers and long layovers to be a thing of the past. What do you guys think about that? Wait, what are you doing again? Say that again. Well, because they're hosting the All-Star Weekend in February, they've put out a full court basketball court in one of their terminals. So here's the thing. I did not see any basketballs there. No, it's nice that they have a court. <laughs> but the second somebody rolls their ankle trying to try to sue TSA, this is like, like it's all for show. Man. Yeah, my <laughs> question is like, do you have waivers before you're allowed to like enter the court area and start playing? And then, well, they're not even that. Like somebody, you know... Somebody at the airport jumping in Crocs is going to airball and hit somebody in the fucking head. Like, it looks like there is a cafe right off to one side. Exactly. Of <laughs> Somebody's on a laptop trying to trying to do some work and they get their shit smashed by an errant pass. Look, they have some extra, you know, uh, material laying around, and that's pretty much all you can do at uh, Indianapolis Airport. Hey man, let's let's put this basketball court in the inner city where some kids can use it. No, let's put it in the airport, and this everybody just look at it. <laughs> There's a tweet here that says, "Blowing out your Achilles on a layover would be terrible." <laughs> Another person tweeted out, "Me boarding my flight after dropping 15, 10, and four assists on three v three. It's a picture of Jamie, uh, Jamie Butler." Funny. Uh, so many men in the 30s about to be hobbling onto their flights with torn ACLs and ruptured Achilles. <laughs> yeah. Telling TSA workers to check ball every time they stop my bags. <laughs> There's a, another person said the whole damn plane going to be smelling like sweat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do you guys think this is a, is a good idea or a lawsuit waiting to happen? <laughs> I, I'm sure they have enough signs and waivers that they ain't getting sued. Yeah. I'm also sure that that's just a prop. Now that people know it's there, though, you know, people bring their own ball. Yeah, people bring their own balls. <laughs> you can buy, people, you know what? If they smart, one of them goddamn stores, one of them duty free stores, is going to be having basketballs with air pumps selling those. Basketballs and air braces and, and knee braces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Start ace bandages, <laughs> ice packs, knee braces, wheelchairs, crutches. Well, all uh, right. Well, I got, I got a question, though. What sport, what sport or leisure activity would you, could you play at the airport? Um, shuffleboard, bocce ball, you know, uh, some cornhole. Well, bocce, ball, bocce balls are heavy. I've seen kids get hit in the head. Well, yeah, but you usually have like a court <laughs> that's like cordoned off, so it's not rolling off randomly unless somebody gets errant with it. Uh, one of those giant Connect Fours. One of those big touch screens of Fruit Ninja. 
Hopefully people wash their hands after taking a shit. <laughs> Good luck with that. It's also a reminder to wash your hands after touching those bins. They make you put all your stuff in. They never wash those. Uh... <laughs> they don't, yeah, they don't wash those at all. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, those things are like dirty as hell. And then they make me just like take my shoes off. And I'm like, I'm walking over places where people are with these stanky, nasty feet has also been walking over. I was like, this is like, this is, I should, we, you know what, you guys, hey, uh, hit us up on the high school 510 if you are interested in uh, filing a class action lawsuit for health code infractions uh, against the federal aviation uh, and aeronautical uh, commissions and TSA uh, in uh, other news Aaron Rodgers was uh, right. you're watching get, get rich schemes over here on the no, no no that's me Pedro's checking his blood sugar right now exactly Oh, that was, was it, your blood sugar meter has a British, uh, Australian accent. No, it has a white accent. It's the only way he gonna listen to it. It's the only way he gonna listen to it. Pedro's getting ready to move to South Africa. He's got it in the fucking Afrikaans accent. Yes. Sure. <laughs> uh, in other news, Aaron Rodgers right. was suspended from appearing on the Pat McAfee show anymore throughout the end of the regular season. Because motherfucker been tripping. Fucking super lost, man. Except that shit about Jimmy Kimmel, man. And the parrot organization got involved. The parrot organization got involved. <laughs> what do you guys think about Aaron Rodgers and no longer be on the Pat McAfee show? And did he spit hot fire truth? Or was he showing his ass talking in circles about absolutely nothing? Well, I give Aaron Rodgers credit for this. He always doubled down when he shows his ass. Just like no, 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 man. If you listen to this show, I said Jimmy Kimmel might have been on the island molesting kids, <laughs> but I didn't say that he was. I didn't say he was. I didn't but, insinuate it also, through my tone or rhetoric, <laughs> right? And also, um, don't take the shot because you'll get AIDS. Nigga, please. This nigga here. Can we get him, Charleston White, and Doctor Umar on the show, please? <laughs> Yeah, I've been immunized. All right, what would your line of question be for those fools? Because you get one <laughs> shot at a question, and they're going to talk the rest of the time. So, I'll be like, I'll <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, say one word. I'll be just right like, sure. I'll be like, hey, look, I'll be like this. Uh, America, conspiracy? I don't think that Atlantis sank. I think Atlantis lifted off. <laughs> I would have a field day playing my conspiracy theory hooks. Just be careful with this because you smoke too much, it's gonna have you all paranoid and shit. Takes a while to build up a tolerance like mine. Did you hear that? Hey, y'all, you hear something? Quiet! There it goes again. That's all you plan. You have to run that in the loop, Jared. Yeah, shout out to Aaron Rodgers and 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 his ability to sound condescending yet um, misguided yet also completely self indulgent while also sounding completely tone deaf while also sounding like somebody needed him just to tell him to shut the fuck up like go go take up a hobby play golf do something find something that's going to ca captivate your mind Oops. beyond you thinking people want to hear what the fuck you got to say about some goofy shit 
Why, so I can fall in love with some cute black man that teaches white people everything they know about the shrimp industry before they kill him 30 minutes into the movie? Huh? Hey, why don't you walk down that tunnel, black man? Hey, black man, turn on the generator. This dinosaur is out there. Hey, black man, look out. He's got a gun. Just watching AJ Hawk just do this. Just nod his head. Yeah, AJ Hawk. Like, all he ever do is nod his head. AJ Hawk went to the broadcast, went to the Taco Pablo <laughs> Broadcasting School where he is only responsible for what he says. He said. <laughs> He's listened to Brandon uh -huh. many a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not going to say mm -hmm. shit. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to practice that too Shit. Uh, You know it, Yeah somebody tweeted out how it was funny Nick Wright went in on him but somebody else tweeted out It was about how like he's the dude Complaining about cancel culture and getting cancelled and, and, and this down there threatening him But he's not afraid of it like while being Platformed on a massive platform and not Being cancelled and it's just like yeah man Like you're, 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 you're picking up some of the tactics of the abuser the the narcissist abuser who basically just throws the accusations back at you or worse of what you're doing instead of just being like no bro you're being a fucking asshole right now you're saying some shit that is liable okay don't do that shit you know what i'm saying or was, was it a uh uh slander i guess libel is print right slander saying it but like you're you're slandering somebody's name through your rhetoric and and you can try and think you're slick and smart around it. And like when he tried to over explain himself the second time he came on after that whole thing, that's when I was like, this dude is just like, I, I actually am a little worried for Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Cause I think he's in a place where he's, he's probably had a transition in his own life and he's realizing Jared. don't nobody give and a fuck about me. That is capitalism right there, Jared. You were worried about a man who made $40 million this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're worried about his ass. Well, you know, as, as somebody who works with people in the, 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 the format of like psychologically, like trying to like understand where they are, that's like something that I do. I'm trying to psychologically understand where they are and where he's at psychologically, um, from what I could see in those things, is concerning. And, and, it's concerning not only on a social level and how it impacts his community, the people that he affects or, or influences, should I say, not necessarily affects, but also for like his just own rationale and reasoning of the world. Like, it's funny because I know Aaron was ranting about him for years. He was better about masking it or just hiding it in years past where, you know, you could kind of be yeah. like, you give him, you still hold a shred of benefit of the doubt for him. But he was stepped he into the- Or was people into just the, ignoring the, it, Jared? Because, because yeah. look, when I was saying it for years, like I like to pride myself on being able to see who people really are, right? And when I was saying that for years, it was like, dude, just look at, listen to him in interviews, listen to these things he say. The clues are there. I don't think he hasn't turned into a different person. It was there. He was just either masking it, and we were caught up looking at the wrong thing. See, the problem is we were caught up looking at Aaron Rodgers with. Uh, Olivia Munn or Danica Patrick and we're like oh we're caught up in the relationship part and we're caught up in who they are and to me I was like yeah they're kind of bitchy women but the fact that they kept I was like I was looking at like their issues in the relationship right and I was like it's, it makes me feel like he's the shitty person I already was getting that out of uh, different interviews of his. And I was like, he's kind of pompous and assholeish, And he kind of doesn't take blame. And he kind of, he never did. Like once, like I'm talking about interviews from a long time ago, like after they won the Super Bowl. What was that? When they won the Super Bowl? 2008? Mm, I thought it was 2010. And like you started seeing in the interviews, he blamed everybody else. And just, 
I don't know. I, I don't. I think Jared Jared could be off by saying I'm worried about him. This is he isn't turning anybody. This is who he was the whole time. Yeah, and that nigga owe me five dollars. Let's get to Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts is a seven way in the show on where everyone gets a chance to rant, complain, or highlight something positive in the world. Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts. It's time. It's, it's time. Cutty Corner. We're burning now. God, if you let it in, help. So cold and bleeding now, now, now. I meant what it meant. Gonna let you down. He had sex with my mama. We're broken people now. I just said I need a back of Aaron, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? I do. Uh, let's go to kind of shout out go up to people in Chicago and Chirac. You know, they booed Jerry Rice, Jerry Cross's ring of honor ceremony this week um, in Chicago. They booed it while his, while his, I forgot how old she is, probably close to 90 year old or 80 something year old widow was there and she was crying. Uh, Ron Harper was trying to calm her down. Uh, they're booing her because they blew on, they're booing Jerry Cross. I, I want to blame the people of Chicago for not having class, but it ain't all their fault. Uh, the main fault lies in the pettiness and the the refusal to let things go. And the guy who just can't let shit go, J- uh, Michael B. Jordan, not Michael B. Jordan, excuse me, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Michael Jordan is the reason behind the bullying. He doesn't let shit go. He blamed Jerry Cross on not re-signing Phil Jackson. And he, Michael Jordan didn't have to retire. He retired because Phil wasn't, they weren't bringing Phil Jackson back. And that's the only reason. Michael Jordan, also one of those people that's great at sport, living legend, but not great, but not a legend in just being a decent human being. You know, he didn't help out with any. He probably didn't even celebrate Black, uh, Black History Month or Martin Luther King birthday, knowing his ass. Probably said, fuck Martin Luther King. He ain't sell. How many shoes did he sell? That's what probably Michael Jordan would have said. Um, as Jordan also is known for not helping uh, people's... Uh, uh, when when the guy was running for senator in North Carolina, he wouldn't help him out because in his famous quote, Republicans buy shoes, too. Now he wants to try to th- throw a couple million dollars here and there when it means nothing. Trump changed to him. Yeah. So uh, cutty corner shout out to Michael Jordan and the fans of Chicago for booing a, a widow at her husband's, which should have been a big moment and having her crying. Michael Jordan didn't show up for the event. Or, and it was more than a one-day event. They had, like, another day, like, a, a dinner honoring them, Michael Jordan, or Scottie Pippen's ass didn't show up. Both of them are petty as fuck. You ain't shit. You're just like your daddy. And that's why they both in this shitty situation with Larissa Pippen, too. He had sex with my mama! I'm fascinated, Aaron. Fascinated. Mm-hmm. That you're worried about this white, rich, white, old white lady. But we said, hey... What about the old people who are showing up to football games in my... They, <laughs> they, they make their choice, man. They make their choice. They make their choice, dude. You said, if, fuck if, them. I choose, if I choose to take my ass out there when it's raining without a coat on, guess what? I made a choice. Hey, hey, she chose, she chose to stay out of the middle of that court. Like, hey, look at me. I'm no, here to be they, celebrating. Someone was honoring her husband and said, we would love for you to be there at all these events. He for what he meant for us right. building this dynasty and six right. championships, being right. a general manager. Right. She didn't have to show up. She was like, "Hey, that's my husband. I had nothing to do with that. I was just there." No, she was there. Like, the love of your honor, and you 
take this, accept it, uh, accept this on him with him being passed away. No, nope. can't no, feel bad no, about no, words. No. Can't feel bad about words, man. No, man, fuck Michael Jordan, man. It's about actual, 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 it's about actual impact on people. You know, Michael Jordan gonna be in hell with Hitler, me, Pedro, <laughs> Brandon, and Jared. Uh, hey, me, me and God, me and God squared it, squared our oh, shit up. Look, hey, we, only we, reason we why I'm going to hell is because I, was, I made a diss track by a, uh, about a Blaze Ministries. Mm. Come on, <laughs> Michael Jordan is gonna be right next to Benito Mussolini and Paul <laughs> Pot. I'm, I'm just very, yeah, I'm just fast, fascinated by this logic, man. I'm... Brandon, I don't like awful people, man. You got, you can't, you know. Me not caring about someone making their own choice and then someone not showing class are two different things. No, but I'm saying, I always say the idea of having a room. You're like, nah, fuck that. And I'm like, well, what is it about these there, people that are going to... Like, you can only but make so that, many rules. Look, there's rules. Look, there's, you see how many people climb goddamn uh, that big-ass mountain, that Mount Everest every year and die? And it's like, dude, if they want to be stupid enough to go up there and die... Oh, well. The most diabolical haters this side of the Mississippi. Right? The, that ain't the same that ain't the same result as a, as a kid not wearing a seatbelt because his parents don't want to put him in it. Yeah, I no, feel bad but, for that kid. I don't feel bad about the, 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 the person going up Mount Everest. And I don't feel bad about some old lady getting booed. Like, Dude, she did not deserve it? to get booed. She did nothing to get booed, yet, Brandon. She didn't really get cheered either, though. Mm-hmm. She was the backbone behind that man being able to form that dynasty. First of all, just came home when he came home stressed. When he came home stressed, she probably opened it up, opened up her legs and said, hey, man, let me give you some relief. Let me give you this hand job in the shower. Let me cook you a good meal. Let me get your cigar warmed up. Right. Let me cut the the tip of your cigar. There's no proof of that. And basically all the relax she did help create a monster that the people in the audience didn't like. Man, them people weren't even around <laughs> half the people. They probably weren't even rooting for Chicago back when he was building that team, dude. No class. Man, you got to have some class, man. All right, Pedro. Do you have a cutty corner shout out? Trying to see, should I go after Lars and Pippen or <laughs> or Lil Nas X? Or coach. I fucking did look like John Moran and that. That nigga. The only person I know that can dunk and wear a cheerleading outfit. And twerk on the devil. <laughs> and twerk on the devil. I wear high heel boots. So he was been, I guess he was trying to go to Christian music after making that video. Ah, she's all over the place. Anyways, uh, Mark Cuddy Coda sh- shout out. Let's just go, let's go to coaching first, and I'll go a little bit with Larson Pippen. Um Coaching. We just watched uh, all our teams get destroyed besides the Rams. And I don't feel like any of these teams were ready for the playoffs. Taking from football to the NBA, I keep complaining about this guy, but Darvin Ham, my God, he can't coach for nothing. He's not motivating these players. They don't even look like they practice. And right now, just real quick, they're – beating a what is the second seed OKC team because he's forced to play the lineup because Cam Reddish is hurt. He's forced to play the lineup that got him to the championship. So I know I said this last week, but here's proof. Here's living proof. He has Devo, Austin Reese. Um, he's switching it out bef- between Torian Prince and um 
Rui Hachimura. Rui Hachimura. Um, and this team is now look like they're about to, they're about to win the game. But that that right there, just just coaching when you have the talent and you don't play the talent, it's it's silly. It's totally silly. But the coaches this week, uh, McCarthy, Stefanski, um, uh, some of the stuff, Mike McCarthy, really, man. I, I looked at the, how they ran that same pass and play when Dak Prescott threw that pick six. And I was like, they're running the same play. Somebody's one of those safeties or one of those cornerbacks is going to sit on that route. Watch, watch. And I called it. Pick six. I thought it was going to be tipped or I thought they was going to miss. No, it was worse. A pick six. Because you guys play calling was that simple. Just idiotic. Idiotic coaching, not coaching up your players, not getting them motivated. I know these guys make millions and millions of dollars. You feel like you can't reach them. And they're young and they're young and they got the internet and they got other influencers and you feel like you can't reach them, but you got to do something to try to reach these players, man. This is getting silly where you're getting the talent, the talents out there and they're just getting outplayed badly by lesser talent. Badly. You let a rookie quarterback, Cleveland, light you up in the in two quarters. Just two quarters. Them dudes was wide open. So uh Swartz, you talking about talking about oh Swartz needs to get a head coaching job. Look, he needs to do this and do that. Proof is in the pudding. That's why he hasn't got a look. Cause this nigga allowed so much booty in that first that first quarter, you would thought he was little Nas X. Uh-huh. Second cut of corner shout out goes to um Larson Pippen. Hey man, get off my internet, girl. Lady, get your old ass, take your old ass, go sit down somewhere. Why are you being a wreck? Why are you trying to hurt these man's feelings? Why are you trying to be relevant? Oh, you're not having sex. So I keep, rude. Hey, you you sit so up there having talking about having sex five times a day with Michael Jordan's son. You nasty whore. I'm piloting the pussy. See, y'all got to be a pilot over the pussy, y'all. Y'all got to be the pussy police. <laughs> you nasty old whore. Your coochie has worms and you having sex with a young man. Where you been since yesterday, knuckle? Oh, no. You been fucking around? Nope. Let me smell your dick. You pervert. We just talked about this on the show a couple of, a couple of shows back when these pervert ass men sitting up here having sex with these kids. And you having sex with a kid and, and we celebrate it. No, no, no. You're a pervert. Uh, sh- who's, who's, who's the other lady? Cher? She out there? Oh, yes. Leave that young man alone, you perverts. My wife, leave this young man alone. <laughs> Y'all some perverts. My daughter, I teased my daughter this weekend while he's at the hospital. She's also a pervert because her boyfriend is a uh, little, little uh, younger than him just by a couple of years, though. But yeah, this old woman, stop talking about having sex with these men, and then when we do it, you make us, you shame us. This woman out here talking about doing all kind of crazy stuff with this kid, with Michael Jordan's kid, by the way, with Michael Beasley, by the way, and you got Scottie Pippen Jr. out there got to play the G League, listen to his mama being a hoe. That'll make you slap somebody. <laughs> 
That's why he can't make it an NBA because his mama is a hawk. <laughs> and he, when he gets out on the NBA court, they all everybody's teasing him. They got they got weapons, so your kid can't excel because now they got they got leverage against your son. It was like, well, you know, you know, I'm fucking your mama. She tastes like cornflakes. Yeah, your your mama, your mama tastes like uh prima wheat. <laughs> I would say, yeah, she tastes like something older than that. Your mama tastes like like life cereal. <laughs> like butterscotch. Your mom tastes like a whole butterscotch candy. <laughs> so Larson Pippen, cut it out. Brandon, do you have a cutty corner uh, shout out? Uh, it's hard to follow those two. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that out loud. Uh, no, I could of course shout out goes out to uh, to restaurants, man. So uh, as Aaron can attest to, when I, when I go out, I like to for lunch, I like to peruse uh, the burger uh, section of the menu. And I gotta say, like the crisis that we need to tackle is the the crisis of these burger prices being too damn high and fries not coming with it. I'm agree with you, Brandon. I agree. <laughs> can a nigga borrow a French fry? So I go to a restaurant this week with the family. Like, oh, we're gonna go eat dinner. I feel like cooking. All right, we're going to go to this burger place. Wow, I didn't have to pick it because my wife says, oh, I feel like having a burger. I was like, wow, I ain't got to convince you this time. So we go, we get a burger. I was like, all right, cool. Let me get this bacon and blue burger. Oh, it's $14. Fantastic. And it's like, oh, would you like fries with that? I was like, well, oh, excuse me? <laughs> oh, did you look at our fry menu? Oh, and I'm like, it was a whole nother $7 for fries. Now I'm at $20 <laughs> for a burger and fries. Sounds like uh, California no, prices are hitting North Carolina. And the next thing is, hey, toppings should be uh, should be free. Lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, jalapeno, whatever else I want to put on there should be free. If I'm not asked for bacon or an extra patty or like some weird cheese, nah, it's debatable about the cheese. Like if I want to add cheese to my burger, it should be, you know, it shouldn't be $2. <laughs> it's it, baby. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All they I'm Toppings for real? Dude, it was like three toppings. Oh, no, uh, put this included. place on blast. Put them on blast. <laughs> go ahead and go ahead and advertise. Yeah, they burger better blast, make man. my dick hard and make me, you know what I'm saying? They, my... they burger better be, they got the same formula <laughs> Hems has it. <laughs> yeah. There's a they burger better make me feel like I could have a five session with Larissa Pippen afterwards. <laughs> yeah, like, nah, bro. That's, that's, that's Bay Area prices. No, no, it was like, so it had premium toppings, which like bacon, uh, uh, like it was like Gruyere cheese or extra blue cheese or extra, and then it was like the free toppings were basically lettuce, tomato, mayo, mustard. And I was like, "What? Uh, it's getting bad out there for burger for burger joints, man." Um, so that's my cutting corner shout out to any restaurant who's not including fries with the burger. Just say, "Hey, just say the burger sixteen dollars," and I, just put the fries on there. <laughs> Potatoes are still cheap; like they're still cheap. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'll tell you what. I respect you more if you said we're doing burgers and rice. Just put some rice on my plate. Yeah. <laughs> what about a I'm nice bit of uh, a quinoa? Yeah, give me a starch. Oh. Any starch. <laughs> I'd be sitting there with a burger and quinoa. And what was the name of ah. this place again, Brandon? <laughs> I'm not going to put them on blast. No, right now. don't worry. I will. Stop going to keep Lee. I know, bro. No, hold on. No. Like, they need to hear this from somebody because they're going to go out of yeah. business sooner than they realize. Like, because people don't need burgers that bad unless they get your dick hard or getting you in vitro fertilization. 
if I order a, a, a certain burger, and, and this is where my food critiquing comes in. If I order a certain burger, a burger is a humble food. I don't give a fuck what you say. It's a humble food. Stop trying to overcharge for these humble foods unless you're doing something spectacular to it to the point where it's like it's above and beyond. It's the next level that hasn't been done yet. And burgers really don't have that unless you're getting like a burger that got like, you know, Wagyu beef or something like that. Like, And even then, you don't want to eat Wagyu beef that's been grounded up into a patty. So oh, like, yeah, it's waste. It's ground beef. The whole point of a burger is that it's it's a cheaper it's thing. Cheap, yeah. <laughs> cheap thing. Bread, meat, twenty dollars, and especially when you don't create fresh produce where you get it from, you import some 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 $20. goddamn uh, not as fresh vet. Come on, man. Come on. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. You better be getting some cocaine and a white woman. <laughs> Uh, my Cutty Corner shout out. It's a positive one. I went to a crab feed for the first time. Well, it was a great time. You're at that age, man. I ate a lot of crab. <laughs> one, uh, it was a fundraiser. One, a raffle. Was Keith Lee there? Keith Lee was not there. <laughs> Keith Lee might have been, you know, he might have been struggling through this crab feed. But uh, it also made me think, hey, man, y'all want to put together a high score 510 crab feed? Because, bro, <laughs> we can make some bank off that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fundraiser, fundraiser, bitch. Um, yeah, it was a nice, it was a nice event, and got to see some J- folks. Just J- uh, the age here, he's at a at a crab feed, and he's counting all the heads and doing his math on his calculator. I was doing, I had a bit, man. I was, man, I was digging in there, getting all the little pieces of meat out there, and a little one little little pincer in there, scraping out the meat. Man, it was good, man. So. uh uh, shout out to one craft feed, Jared, and it was free. I don't know if I could pay for one. Oh, well, it was a fundraiser. You know, it's it's good. It was solid, solid event. Yeah, and then uh, my other Cutty Corner shout out goes out to yeah Dallas Cowboys and Cowboys fans who think that the Cowboys are anything but what they are. A buxom woman with, with big breasts. And that is a disappointment. Kind of like Jerry Jones as a father to his Ill- Ill- illegitimate child that he. Got pregnant when uh, he won last won a Super Bowl thirty years ago, basically damn near. Uh, we need to. Jerry Jones got to go. Jerry Jones got to go. If he don't go, the team's going to continue to be the same facade. It's a veneer. It's a great. It's a great spectacle on the outside. He's a great salesman, but the team doesn't come with that substance. It doesn't get players of substance because Jerry wants it to be in the the model of his own eyes. He wants some yes um yes and bosses boss hog says and he wants some radio time. He wanna do his radio show. He wanna say shit that really should be up to the coach. You, you've created a dynamic that is un it's not winning. It can't win the ultimate prize, which is a Super Bowl. You gonna win in the pocketbooks, you're gonna win making money. So if that's what you really want, that's fine. But Cowboys fans realize that. And stop overselling and buying into this goddamn bastard bitches, uh, horrible human beings uh, facade that this team is better than what it is. They We give them chances to prove it and they continue to prove us to be what they are. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing fans, we got him this week. I'm tired of, why, why are y'all so optimistic? There's no reason to be optimistic. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. <laughs> Damn, Jerry. Yeah. Why? I, I I'm sitting here all week and y'all are trying to get me to feel the same vibe as y'all. Yeah. Hey, we got this, man. We got this. They're good. They're good. And I was like, oh, yeah, I hope so. Because I know they ain't beat winning teams very well this whole season. Anytime it comes down to nut up or shut up, they usually shut up. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. 
I need y'all to shut up with that stupid shit about, man, they got this, man. I'm looking. This could be our year. No. You know what could be our year? The year after Jerry Jones uh, leaves. I'm not going to say die because I don't want to wish that on nobody, but leaves. You can wish it on him. He's 80 dude, years old. Dude. Yeah, he's 80 years old, but he's going either way. Gone too soon. Um. <laughs> God damn Niggas can't make it past their 21st birthday. And you worried about Jerry Jones. Mm. <laughs> you worried about Jerry Jones and he out there in inclement weather. Yeah. And my other cutty corner shout out goes out to Joe Biden for going to the Mother Emanuel Church of South Carolina, the location of the 2015 mass murder of nine congregants by a white supremacist. Um, he was interrupted by a ceasefire, a Palestinian, or Palestine, a ceasefire in Gaza. Uh, protesters and um, I wasn't sure how to feel about it but um, I also was like why the fuck is he there Joe Biden is doing his tour just trying to placate and doing everything he can to try and say hey although I'm not a good candidate I am the candidate you need and we don't need you as our candidate we need something just like the Cowboys don't need an old uh, uh, old uh, retread coach right now probably more than like we don't need an old retread president and I'm tired of don't this. Get that old retread, you're going to get another old. They both are retreads. Our only options are retreads that have proven why they needed to be treaded out. You got to go through the lesser two evils this year, Jared. Tired of the lesser two evils, man. This is some bullshit. It's not every year that you go to lesser two evils. No, man. that's pretty much what it always is. Our it. political system makes it to where you're voting usually for the lesser two evils. Yeah, Jerry, in your lifetime, you you know what? In your lifetime, of being Al Gore was not a good candidate, and I wasn't allowed to vote for him. In your lifetime of being, uh, he wasn't a bad candidate. John Kerry, beautiful on the weekends, does stunts for Little Richard in gay movies. It is 2024 again. It's just a reminder. And uh, I found this piece, uh, this piece of a regular internet about men knowing their worth. Now, dude came up with this list, and I'm just going to read it to y'all. Remember, I did not make this shit, but I'm finna, I'm finna preach it to y'all, and y'all tell me how y'all feel in the comments. It says, no dick. Fellas, we cannot be out here in 2024 just dropping dick off. We got to chill out on smashing everything breathing. She don't got a job? No dick. She get paid less than $12 an hour? No dick. Live with her parents? No dick. Always claim she hungry? No dick. Cash app info in her bio? No dick. <laughs> Always in drama? No dick. Wear them fishnet outfits? No dick. She ain't got all her edges, but she used them little baby hairs that come off the lace wig? No dick. You take her out to dinner and she wants you to pay for her friends too? No dick. Just pay your end of the bill. She smell like salmon and lemon pepper? No dick. The list is longer, but this is all like a screenshot, so I'm reading the next one. She called too many dudes, brother and friend? No dick. She going out clubbing every weekend, two or three days after week? No dick. Too much makeup caked up on her face like cake? No dick. If she the dark-skinned friend that look like Michael Jackson? No dick. If she the light-skinned friend that look like Michael Jackson? No dick. If she too skinny in her panties baggy? No dick. If she smell like barbecue weenie water? No dick. I ain't gonna say the ones that don't have a car, because there's some fine bitches with no cars that can get fun. 
And remember, if y'all like my videos like I know y'all do, go follow me on Facebook at Tim Speed. Hey, mine is the one with no car. <laughs> I mean, I'm, done. I'm done with that. I'm done with messing with chicks with no car. That's it. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with Pedro on that one. What if, what if they have a license, but they just don't have a car? No. Nope. It's called being in high school. It's called being in high school, Jared. No. <laughs> I had so many. Look, I probably had so many grown women 100%. promise me some ass and can't get to me. <laughs> you no. rather just not even not yeah. even no, tease said, yourself like that no more. Nope. No. Talking about oh man, my, I crashed my car last week. I crashed my Nissan Altima last week. Nope. <laughs> you are dead to me. <laughs> It's important to know your worth, King, kings. So uh, just remember, if she right, don't. King. <laughs> that's right, King. Hey man, no, I was uh, no. That's that's the thing, man. This whole like when you talked about the Chet Holmes, the Chet Holmes thing, about all these people talking about how they value men. Like you just can't be putting your can't be putting your penis in everybody, man. Exactly. Like if you have if you actually have value, you got something to lose. Like hey, you need to be a little more discerned about who you sleeping with. Like that's just off the back. Cause if you once you do that, she got options. She could be like, hey, <laughs> if you married, she's gonna tell your family. If you got money, she's gonna try to get a little bit of that. <laughs> oh, actually, this wasn't consensual. Like, whatever it's gonna be. If she knows you're actually high value, you got money, like she's got options. So you gotta be only best with people who got stuff to lose like you. We're gonna be a lot more discerning about this stuff, man. And people that's the part of the game that that gets missed. Hey, did you hear all this drama about uh, DJ Academics? Though I'm I'm late to this though. Uh, which one? The part where his homie was uh, saying that DJ Academics got a big dick and he can attest to it. <laughs> can, yeah, Jared showed me that shit. Dude. Really gay. Different, different <laughs> situation. What is he not in drama? That's how he makes his money. He always gets in an argument with somebody. He's got an argument with his girlfriend. Dude, he gets in an argument no, with rappers. That's they the talk thing. about, I'll beat your ass. He got in a fight with Saucy Santana or whatever it is. And they started crying because <laughs> he's like, I'll beat your ass, little boy. <laughs> Saucy Santana's way much more than a man in DJ Academics. <laughs> no, so much according more. to DJ Academics' best friend, <laughs> he said, he a yard man. <laughs> Badman. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Saucy Santana's way much more man. 